Welcome to the Double Deuce Podcast, an amazing show that lasts only 22 minutes and is for you, the listener. So soak it up. So here are your two big beer hosts, Will Averill and Nelson. Hey, Will, hit the timer. And we're in. Double Deuce. We are the people who make the double deuce work and happen. Your friends, Will and Nelson. Yay! It's us. Hi. Hi. I kind of wanted to have a guest this week, but um, then everything went to hell. And we're having to record on Zoom again because um, my uh, a lot of things happened. Kid had a choir concert this weekend. He was being a lot of uh, difficulty... Uh, it was cold, so we couldn't really do a thing in the garage, and you know, just it was a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, but it, the the point is that that we would love to have a guest for you tonight, but instead we are the guests. So Nelson, how does it feel to be a guest on Double Deuce? Weird. Yeah, because you're also a host on Double Deuce. Yeah, no, that's I, I haven't done it before. It feels weird. But I'm also like, do I still take notes? I'm a guest. It doesn't feel like the guest should be taking notes. But at the same time, I'm yeah. still a host and I got to take notes. Well, I, I, I don't I think know. It's I mean, basically I, my what it's like is at the end of Time Cop where Ron Silver from the present touches Ron Silver from the future and they turn into like a blob that eats its way through time. Yeah, it's, it's like, I feel like maybe you maybe you brought up Time Cop before. I don't remember exactly. Probably. Where, yeah, you're pretty. You're pretty big on Time Cop. I mean, I feel like it's one of the the, the seminal pieces exploring time travel and the the repercussions of time travel. Dear listeners, do, do you have a favorite time travel piece? Let us know. Hashtag DV Travel me through time and let us know what your your favorite time travel. Uh, movie is. I saw a movie this week. Yeah, what'd you see? I saw Vengeance, um, which which was uh, written by uh, B. J. Novak, the uh, one of the writers for yeah, The yeah. Office, yeah. and yeah. it's sort of a, a, like uh, an NPR sort of um, satire on on a, a guy who wants to be a big NPR host, and so he goes down to a small town in Texas. And he starts investigating a potential murder, and then everything goes uh, weird, as everything does. It's sort of Doc Hollywood meets Ira Glass sort of vibe to it. Um, the, the This American Doc Hollywood sort of thing. I don't know. I mean, it left me unsettled. Unsettled in what way? Well, there's a whole genre of, like, coastal dude goes to the midwest and i think i feel like they always fuck that up because they have like an intern on the set dressing team who they're like oh this guy his cousin lived in the midwest in ohio so she'd be fine to decorate the room of a 13 year old from you know bumfuck texas and so then they, they do this sort of job that, like, looks almost passable enough, but, like, more like if aliens decorated our homes in a way that they felt like we would live or, like, Ikea design homes, 
like like somebody like somebody lived in an actual ikea design home you'd wonder if they had a soul or if they were lizard people and that's how this vibe was like are these texans or lizard people and i don't ask that all the time hey um if you were living in an ikea design home what is the first meal you would serve for your first dinner party well none of the refrigerators work so it would probably be jerky or uh, one of those astronaut meals that don't have to be sort of refrigerated. You can steal power from the IKEA. Yeah, and they can refrigerate their own refrigerators, but they don't. I'm living in the real world. You're living in a dream. I'm just saying, you can run some cords. If I can refrigerate? Well, if you're living in the in this home... You could run some cords. They're not going to know. I, I guess meatballs with lingonberry jam and cinnamon rolls, because that would be all I could find in the Ikea to serve my guests. I mean, you can still go shopping. You, you know, you're not you're not in house arrest in the. In the Ikea home. So you're asking me if I lived in an Ikea and I had the time to go out of the Ikea, knowing how long it takes to get actually out of an Ikea Mm -hmm. and I could go to a shopping center somewhere nearby the Ikea and then I come back to the Ikea and I make a meal in the Ikea. You you could get something delivered. Ethiopian. Okay. Okay. I mean, I feel like that would be good night. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. People won't, they won't see it coming, but they're going to enjoy it. Yeah. I think it's can, I, can I tell you one of my, one of my favorite things about my son? No. Speaking, speaking of Ikea, <laughs> Ikea. Okay. No, you can never mind. It. No, go for okay. it. Uh, like his jam in an Ikea, uh, when, he, when we go to the Ikea mm. is that he has to open every, every refrigerator in the entire Ikea and you don't realize how many refrigerators there are in the entire Ikea until your son is like, I have to open every refrigerator. It doesn't matter if they're running, if they're not running, he doesn't take time to look. He's Does not he have to compulsively or as a fun game? I think it's a fun game because he doesn't give a fuck about what's the actual state of the refrigerator. But if it is a refrigerator, it must be open. Think about that. I mean, well, like you said, they're not refrigerated, so it's not the worst yeah, thing. It's not the worst thing, but it's also like, man, it takes so long to get through. Like, because IKEA is not an easy journey, like, no matter who you're with, right? You could be with an agoraphobe, and they're like, uh, I need to get through this IKEA as quickly as I can. And I'm an agoraphobe, so I actually do prefer to get through the IKEA as quickly as you can. And I can tell you, like, it's 45 minutes, even if you're rushing, right? Mm -hmm. And to stop at every refrigerator, and you're always being run into by the weird couple who, like, I don't know what she's doing, but he's got some job. He feels like he has to tell people how much money he has. So he's like, well, we could get two of those. And uh, or you're you're running into the student. 
who's just loading up or like the, the couple who bought an entire like semi-trailer truck full of Ikea furniture and they were going to go home and like decorate their entire house with Ikea. And you're like, what is your life like that? That this is what you do. You move to a different part of the country and you fill your whole house with Ikea furniture. It's, it's weird. Yeah. That kind of sounds like a, just an absurdist nightmare in a lot of ways what you're describing and i haven't been to an ikea in a long time but that's pretty much how i remember it took it always took a long time and and that's why i really haven't gone back because i feel like i've already done my time how many times have you been to an ikea i don't know a bunch of times but not in but not in 30 years not in 30 years no I mean, there's one like right in in Shawnee. Yeah, man, but I already I, I already done my bit. I, I guess I guess I just I feel like I don't know you in in terms of your IKEA journeys. Like like so, did you go to like w- what's the story? Were you really into IKEA back thirty years ago, and now you're no. like, no, I can't do that anymore, or or is it just sort of? Just that's the way your life panned out. No, it was just, it was at the end of the one end of the Potomac Mills Mall. And so when we would go to the Potomac Mills Mall, and it was a little bit of a drive from where we lived. So we didn't do it like a lot, but we went probably, I don't know, a few times, like, I don't know, a couple times a year at least, maybe a few times a year. It's, yeah. But uh, but then like not as much once like Price Club showed up and was close, and so like we we could get like some stuff. We would go there more often just because we do you know bulk shopping. Anyway, we would go a bunch, and we would you know walk the mall like from one end to the other, and then the IKEA, and that was the end of the the mall. But it was always like a third of the trip to the mall was the IKEA. Yeah, IKEA's always been like a religious experience for me. Like, like it doesn't sound like a positive to... one. No, no, it I'm not saying like it was, it was well, freaking you out. I mean, how many people do you know that have had like extensively positive experiences with religion? You know, some people. Mm. There's a reason that 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 those coins keep rolling in over it. it at Big Johnny's religion house, and that's because the people Big, they love it. Big Johnny, Big Johnny's religion house. Yep. I don't think that's a place. It's a metaphorical place, my friend. And it's, those okay. all exist. All exist. Okay. All right. All right. I'm just saying that 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 you know uh, the the trip to IKEA is. Like that's a that's a commitment. You don't just randomly end up like you do in a mall. Like, oh, let's just go to the mall. No, you have to actively. No, like, no. This was there was a bunch of malls. This was one big ass mall that was like I don't know, ninety minutes away, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was it was a long son of a bitch. And you would you would kind of be at one end or and then you'd like go just walk through and hit the places you wanted to hit or needed to hit. And then at the end it was Ikea. And so then you were basically, you did your Ikea trip. Just going to the mall was we'd go to one of the ones like near the house, like the skyline landmark. Those were like five minutes away. This thing was like I said, like 90, but it was 
it was it was huge it was a big ass mall right and right. so we would do the like you would always do the like before christmas potomac mills trip and then there would probably be like kind of like a I don't know. There's, I feel like we're always out there in the summer, maybe in the fall. I don't know. Like it was seasonal. My guess is it was seasonal. We would go to Potomac Mills, but then it then it thralled back a little in the in the what, late '80s when the Price Club showed up, and then it throttled back some more. When I don't I don't know that we went after like 1990. It must have been intensely hard for you to go from so many options to kansas um to an extent it's a different vibe yeah because yeah there I mean, was i mean there was still like the burnout husk of the riverfront mall it still existed when i moved here but i remembered back when it was like a functional mall when i would come visit when i was a kid i mean the functional ball is it's carrying a lot of weight it's that, true that phrase. But yeah, it had I mean, it had some things to it that that could function as a mall. It's not, it's not, it's not much. It wasn't much mall, but yeah, it could get you by. Can I t- can I tell you the the saddest thing I've I've ever seen in Lawrence? And I, I I've lived here a long time. I've seen a lot of a lot of sad things. But can I tell you the saddest? Yeah, how sad okay. is it? I mean, it's soul crushing sad. So like, like how many how many little Italian chefs making a spaghetti sad is it one to five? I mean, it's it's four little Italian chefs making a spaghetti for relatives who they then find out died. Okay, well, already kinda, made- I mean, you kind of I guess that doesn't you know functionally change the that that, that information could have always been there. But here, yeah. here's the thing: they've already they've already made the spaghetti, and they they grew up during the. Well, they're war. making it for the funeral. It seems like for me now. No, they're making it for the person, and then they realize the person is dead, and they can't bring themselves to waste food, so they eat their spaghetti that they made for their dead loved one. It's four Italian chefs eating a dead person's spaghetti. Sad. I mean, I feel like it's it could still have been the, the spaghetti they make for their funeral. They just didn't know they were making it for the funeral when they started making it. But now. No, now because it was one plate to. for one person that's now dead. I mean, you know, they're make... making one plate of spaghetti. That doesn't sound like an Italian chef to me. They're not very good Italian chefs. Are they not Italian? I mean, you're, you're saying every Italian chef is good. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I feel like. If it's the kind of Italian chef that we're using to numerically determine how sad a thing is, I feel like we're probably looking at some, according to Hoyle, kind of, you know, platonic ideal Italian chefs. We're, look, we're, we're talking about some Chef Boyardee looking motherfuckers, you know? Imagine, imagine four of those fuckers, whether they were cooking for themselves, their dead relatives, or an army, uh, like having to make that meal in the food court, the former food court of a sad dead mall, which has now been converted to a break room for a terrible call center for dodgy customers. And, and that's, 
that's what the riverfront is like. Like they they turned what was a once barely functional but at least sort of standard mall into a terrifying horror show of displaced disparate commerce with a break room that in my memory was not necessarily covered in smeared feces but certainly came out that way like metaphorically yeah i worked there i worked there one day I remember I worked there for a few months one time, but I was doing incoming, not outgoing. Yeah, well, and I was doing outbound, so I mean, I feel like that 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 is that's the difference, really. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, my you know the vibe, right? You, you got the vibe. Yeah. I remember too, like the the outgoing part of the room always looked a lot sadder and more desperate. Yeah, I was literally told halfway through the day, you know, the company we're calling for, don't look them up on your lunch break because you're going to see a lot of misinformation. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody tells you not to look up the company that you're supposed to be shilling for over your lunch break, that's that's going to make you do it. Right. I mean, that's just how life works. Right. Yeah. I'm surprised that you didn't try to like eighties movie, keep doing the job badly and see how long you could get paid to just be like, yeah, look, I got to call you, but you don't want this thing. Oh man. No, I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was so sad. I was, I was just, I was like Ben Stiller in Greenberg sad. I was just divorced. I was I was more I mean, sad. Sorry, than I haven't sad. seen that movie. How many little Italian chefs making spaghetti sad is it? It's six Italian chefs out of five. For, out of five. Sad. Jesus. Yeah, it's real sad. And the whole point is like he just got divorced and he's super sad. And that's where I was. Like I got divorced. I was super sad. I had to move back into my parents' attic. You know, that's not that's not the least sad thing that ever happens to you. It's it's more on the seven to eight side of sad scale. Now you need uh, like you, you I can see the problem. Now you can just do that yourself. You either need to be like the fun loving like buddy in the 80s movie or you needed to have them like also there to work that job to help you ride out the let's just do this until we get badly until we get fired in retrospect the best thing i could have done was to try to unionize the joint that 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 would have been hilarious yeah and and not sad at all that would have been plucky like you could have done that uh, I could have like the end actually of that probably G. would have been harder than just trying to do it bad until you get fired because you would have had <laughs> really to like wouldn't. not you would have had to do it well enough not to get fired to be able to unionize it and I feel like that's what would would suck yeah yeah the whole thing would have would have would have would have sucked but at least it would have been like a newsies like like Disney newsy style thing 
and maybe the the like daughter of the head of the call center would have been like i'm in love with you unionize just to sort of fuck her dad uh over is that the plot of newsies basically yeah huh i know i don't really remember newsies so much i think i watched it once right maybe twice i mean why would you though it's not really your target audience yeah no but i mean it came out a long time ago yeah i just went and watched a a junior high production of it and i can tell you i i don't think it's a pro-labor piece oh really yeah it's more like about a gal who uh doesn't like her dad who's a a multi-millionaire pulitzer uh and and it's pulitzer's daughter and she's like hey you should strike because they're not treating you well and so she's sort of manipulating the market to to get her way and in that sort of way so it's more of like a a class piece with a romance tied into the class of it all absolutely what's the god damn it i'm trying to remember the name of that Aliens? Uh, no, but I can see how you'd get there. Uh, 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 oh, good, goodbye, Columbus. Is that a show? It's Philip Roth's first book. Oh, it's a tale oh. of first love that is ruined by class and an abortion, if I remember correctly. Oh, hi, howdy. It's a novella. Uh, all right. <laughs> it it, it like had like some short real... stories included with it. This has been an upper of an episode. Uh, yeah. So join join us next week. Uh, we did we though introduce guests. people to to the little Italian chefs making spaghetti scale of how sad something is. So feel free to use that scale to describe your sadness, listeners. Rate your yeah, favorite sad movies. That's public domain. In fact, hashtag five sad chefs rating and tell us your favorite movies and what they rate. Yeah. That's all we got. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It feels like it just petered out. I realized that I don't have a timer. So I guess double just We hit hit time. How how many little Italian chefs making spaghetti sad is this ending? Oh, this is like three. I think that's fair. Double deuce. Yeah. Double deuce. Yeah. Yep. This has been Double Deuce Podcast. If you thought the intro sounded bad, this outro sounds even worse. Thanks for listening. I don't know how you did, but if you're trying to listen to more, we're everywhere. Libsyn, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, fucking everywhere. That's right. Wherever fine podcasts are made, we'll be there. Also, you can reach out to us on social medias. We're at Double Deuce Pod on Twitter. We're at Double Deuce Podcast on Facebook. And our email is DoubleDeucePod at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to support us, get our Patreon on patreon.com backslash double deuce pod yeah we got all kinds of stuff on there we got me talking about things i'm seeing we got extra minis that like the minis you find in the decaduces we got will singing or if you want to pay for him not to sing there is a way to pay for no singing the world's your oyster 
All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. So much stuff. That's patreon.com backslash double deuce pod. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, when you're like, wherever fine podcasts are found, I just kept thinking about that Tom Jones speech at the end of Grapes of Wrath. It's like, wait a minute, there's a cop beating on a fine podcast. We'll be there. <laughs> Double deuce. Good episode.